So, John, if you could go back and change one thing in your life, what would it be? Hmm. Does it have to be changing something that I did? Or could it be like, could I go back and change the time I first heard about Bitcoin and decided, no, I'm not going to invest in that? <laughs> no, it's not for me. That, that's a fad. That's never going to take off. Like, yeah, sure. What, do you invest in Bitcoin? No, that's what I'm saying. But if I had done, I'd be very rich by now, surely. Oh, right. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, to so change it so you did invest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I could just maybe rethink the whole Glenn Close season thing. <laughs> yeah, that one I like. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels and spin-offs to See You Yesterday. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from our listeners with the submissions they've posted on our Facebook and Twitters. But first we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments and give a bit of a plot summary. I am Harry, the host with the most knowledge of time travel. Is this something you haven't told me? Not yet. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and joining me as always, the host who, if he could time travel, would probably carry on life as normal, go back to his flat and find a younger John in his bed. Hmm. It's John Lucas. Okay, <laughs> you painted a real picture there. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so see you yesterday. Yeah. What do you think of this one then? Well, first of all, we should probably acknowledge that we're back. Oh, yes. We're, oh, yeah. We're in the same room. Yes, there is that. It's reunited and it feels so good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's yeah. I, a lot less stilted. I I'm, hated. I'm wearing a lot more clothes. You are wearing a lot more clothes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not just spread eagled in bed nude. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was not a fan of recording remotely, to be honest. I did not like it, so no. it's yeah. nice to be back. Yeah. Well, that's another reason why we hopefully won't go into a second lockdown. Well, we, yeah, we, we, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. For now, we are reunited. And, yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. Also, just want to say up top, uh, this film does feel extremely relevant to what's going it on in does, the world. It does, it really does. And... I do just want to say to anybody who was wondering, that was not a deliberate choice. I mm-hmm. had seen this film before. I knew what it was about. I chose this film just because it is within the season that we are doing. Sure. Not specifically because it's relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, good to talk about it, but I just don't really want anybody to think that I'm trying to benefit in any way. Just trying to cash in on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what made you watch this the first time round? Because this is a Netflix film. Did it just mm-hmm. kind of come up on your recommendations? Or? Yeah, I think it just came up on mine and Charlotte's feed. And, uh, yeah, we just watched it and had a really good time with it. Just a, like a little accidental find sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, this is... See you next... No, see... I'm going to have to keep... See you tomorrow. I'm going to no, have to keep... See you yesterday. God damn it. See you yesterday. Yeah, there's so many variations of that I'm going to get wrong. <laughs> see you yesterday. See you next Tuesday. It is a... Yeah, that's the one I'm going to keep trying to say. Uh, <laughs> I hope that's your sequel. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Netflix film. And... Yeah, I hadn't heard of it, but um, mm-hmm. obviously you had. Um, and yeah, you did tell me last week when you announced it that you were a bit concerned that it might be a bit too on the nose, a bit too, mm-hmm. you know, reflective of the current situation in a way that might be hard to talk about. But you know what? Having watched it, yes, it definitely talks about things that are happening right now in a way that's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, a lot, more, it speaks more so to, than I remembered. Yeah, it very, it's very, very much, you know, um, yeah, relevant to mm-hmm. what to the current situation, but. I had a great time with this film. I thought it was really, really good, really entertaining, and it's really interestingly made. How it's it's got such a serious topic going mm. on, 
but then at the same time, you just have so much fun with it. I think it gets... It, it feels weird to say that. Mm. But, like, I had fun with this film that's no. about this. No, so I think it gets the tone really, really right. Mm. It's such yeah. a hard thing to, to to get right, the tone of a film like this, if, if, if you are talking about, you know... Um, you know, well, it, it's basically the reason we say it's kind of relevant right now is that a key plot point in this film is a black boy being killed by the police. So yeah. police violence and police brutality and racism, huge parts of this film. Yeah. But yeah, it, it does it in a way that is very watchable and it's not. it doesn't feel like a depressing slog at all. Like mm. It's moving and it's powerful and mm, it really engages yeah. you. But yeah, I, no, I really appreciate that about this film. When you were watching this, who did you think like the core audience for the, this film was supposed to be? Hmm. Um, like I'm not talking like whether it be like black or white or whatever. I, I mean like age range kind of thing. I think sort of teenage, maybe. Mm. I'm, I really don't know though. Well, this is what I really liked. It kind of made me think of a lot of the teen films that came out like in the 80s and early 90s, like Stand by Me mm-hmm. or Breakfast Club, where it's about teenagers. Yeah, but it's also for teenagers. Yeah, because. When when I saw the the poster for it, I kind of thought, oh, this is a kids film. Yeah, it, it, the, the whole and the whole time travel, you know, kids traveling through time with a homemade device kind of thing, which mm. is what the plot. We'll talk about the plot, but that's essentially you know what it starts. It's as. a little thing that you can just you know play make believe. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was going to be a total kids film, which mm. I was fine with. I love a good kids film, mm. but no, it gets very real, and mm-hmm. not just in the sense that it tackles big issues. There was like, a lot of swearing in this. There's film. a lot of swearing, yeah, it, and that's what it was the same with those films, like Stand by Me again. That, that it's it's films about kids who are like are the characters meant to be like 15, 16, would you say? 14, 15? Yeah, roughly. maybe, yeah. yeah and perhaps a little, a little younger. Maybe I'm even a little sure, younger, but, yeah, but they're talking... But in uh, this, they're a bit older. Yeah, they're talking like kids that age would talk. Mm. It's not pandering to like much younger children. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's teenagers who swear and like have sex and you have to well, deal I, with real world problems. Well, I guess that given it's a 15, it's probably aimed at people... Oh, is it actually a 15 racer? I didn't I know. I think it is, yeah. Okay. I can um, understand why, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess it must be aimed at people like 15 and up. Mm. I guess. And like you, you just can't try and aim it at anything younger than it's rated. No, no, sure. But I really appreciated that about it. Mm. I, I, it's quite rare to see that, like a film that is for adolescence and really feels like it speaks the language of adolescence rather than like... Yeah. But it's also neutering it. entertaining for adults as well. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. That's the other thing. It, like, makes it, it is rare to find those films out very, of the very 80s. Rare. They are very rarely made, yeah. Like, you'll yeah. ever find films like, you know, Pixar do great films for young children mm. that adults can take an emotional mm-hmm. lesson from, like Toy Story, Inside Out, mm. Coco, whatever. But it's I think it's really rare to see a film for teenagers yeah. that speaks to teenagers that can also be enjoyed if you're not a teenager. Like, there's loads of teen you know drama stuff like the twilight films or <laughs> hunger games you know what's harry the, potter to an extent maybe yeah but all those ones about maze about, runner all those ones about people yeah illness, yeah but all those, <laughs> i know all those what's it the, the path to our stars you know all those ones about like the fault in our stars the fault in our stars yeah all those mm-hmm. ones about teenage with terminal illnesses that like mm-hmm. you know like the, the teenagers being like, a wallflower exactly yeah. yeah but it's rare to see one that really crosses all of the mm. boundaries so yeah yeah no, I really, really had a lot of fun with this. Yeah. Yeah. It no. was nice. Again, it was, I keep saying it this season, nice and short. Mm-hmm. And it had a lot of heart and soul, which I appreciated. And it was, it knew what it was. It felt like it had a real sense of what it was trying to be. And like mm-hmm. I said, it got the tone of voice really well, which is a hard thing to do. So far in this season, uh, we've done Groundhog Day, we've done uh, Source Code, and we've done this. Yeah. Do you think Groundhog Day is the worst Groundhog Day film? 
I didn't dislike so Groundhog Day the way you did. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't say. I mean, I, I think they're all good. I'd, yeah. I'd say Source Code's probably the most inconsequential. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's just a decent popcorn movie, whereas yeah. Groundhog Day kind of invented a whole genre, whether or not you think it's dated now. Mm. And this is doing something like genuinely innovative and interesting and has something to say, whereas Source mm-hmm. Code was just, here's a good B movie. Yeah, so, no, you're, you're yeah. right, you're right. Whether or not Source Code was also the one that I enjoyed the most, unreservedly, mm-hmm. possibly, yes. You know, mm-hmm. that might be the one I'd rewatch again mm. multiple times and just just purely for fun. So I've enjoyed them all. This has been a good season so far. Yeah. Let's see how we blow it in week four. But. <laughs> <laughs> You want to talk about the science expo? Actually, I wanted to talk to you about our end of the year presentation. What about it? We wanted to use the presentation for the expo. B plus. B plus is not the end of the world. B plus is not good for judges though either. I just think you need to reach a little higher, Claudette. Reach a little higher. You gave Eduardo an A plus for his stupid circuit boards. Our calculations indicated the behavior of an electronically neutral point mass that. Let me ask you a question. Why are you participating in the expo? Full ride to MIT, hello. Owen Bash wants to go to Morehouse, scholarships. You and Mr. Thomas are the smartest kids in this school. Don't tell anybody I said that. But you're missing the big picture here. If time travel were possible, it would be the greatest ethical and philosophical conundrum of the modern age. If you had that kind of power, what would you do? What would you change? Cool, well, I guess I've probably start doing a plot summary for this thing then. I think you should, yeah. Okay, so this film stars two teenagers, CJ and Duncan. No, CJ and uh, Sebastian. Sebastian. Sebastian? Yeah, you said... his name? Or, his, oh, his character name is Sebastian, yeah. Oh, I've written something in my in my sequel that is definitely not his name. I've written Dante. Is that the actor's name? Dante. Oh, maybe that's the, the actor's name, yeah. Oh. Dan- is it Dante Critchlow or something? Oh, yeah, this is going to get right confusing when I start reading my sequel. <laughs> But you said CJ. God damn! You said CJ and Duncan. Did you mix them up with PJ and Duncan? I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. No, no, no. Anyway, that's Anton Deck, right? That's Anton Deck's yeah. past life on Grain Chill. Yeah. Wow. Like, very British reference there. Why, why is that so deep in my head? <laughs> I, I, I would have thought that was one of those things that you would pretend not to know about because you're so young. You know? I probably would pretend. I don't remember them being that. I just like, I think you just came, know that was. A I think thing. it came up recently in like a Goggle Box or a Stand Up to Cancer thing or yeah, sure. You know, one of those TV specials they do. Okay. Yeah. So CJ and Sebastian. CJ and Sebastian. Oh, I'm going to get his name wrong forever now. I've just written a whole sequel with his name as Dante. <laughs> <laughs> so CJ and Sebastian are these two teenagers who it's, it's I think, starts off on the last day of school. Um, Maybe, yeah. B- yes, b- it b- does. Before yeah. summer break. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're watching the clock go and it, the bell goes and they all run out of the class and leave. Uh, CJ sat, uh, stays behind a little bit because the teacher calls her back and talks to her about her science projects, puts his newspaper down, and it is Michael J. Fox. Yes, which uh, um, instantly tells you what this movie's about. It's a, yeah. great, it's a great, one of those great little cameos that just like... It's an excellent cameo, yeah. I lo- yeah, I love that he agreed to be... Because this film is obviously very low budget, mm. and there's no there's not, not, no particular celebrities in it no. other than him, and he's literally in it for uh, 30 seconds or something, mm-hmm. so... It's a nice little cameo, definitely. Yeah. I think he even says Great Scott, doesn't he? He does. Like, he's, he's a time travel? Great, great Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found it, like, weirdly... Like poignant as well because obviously he doesn't really act anymore because he has Parkinson's disease. Mm. So it was, it was actually quite a nice little cameo. So it was like, oh, it's nice to see him just generally. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. By the way, he must be an amazing teacher of whatever the actual subject was because mm-hmm. everybody in it is just like inventing 
like oh absolute next level shit i love yeah i love this well you actually skipped the opening scene because they oh, did I? this is what i like about this film because it's it's literally under 90 minutes long i think it's like 87 mm. minutes or something and they invent time travel in minute one like it opens with them having already invented time travel no it's not open with their first test, well, they're, well, they're test okay well they're trying but well, they're, they're close to inventing time yeah travel, like so. they're clearly like yeah, yeah, but I just love this. Like, yeah, of course they did. They're, they're just smart kids. Of course they invented time travel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's really, maybe it just really like tickled me. I really liked it. How it was just straight in there with these teenagers from the Bronx who don't have access to any resources mm-hmm. have invented time travel. Yeah, and they've invented time travel. I, I, I'm really interested to know how they get their tech. Mm. Like, oh no! Well, I loved. Is, is 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 one of them secretly rich? Like I noticed that in the in the background of their garage, they've got three iMacs. Do you know how much an iMac costs? Well, they are running like a bootleg <laughs> Apple shop in there, but out of that garage. Though. Where do they get Where do they get it from? I don't know. Who knows? They're, they're resourceful. Yeah. But I loved that. Yeah. First of all, they've invented time travel, <laughs> just in their backyard. You know, with, with no resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also their reason for wanting to invent time travel mm-hmm. is so that they can win a science contest. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> and then get into a good college. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I lo- that really just made me happy. Like, their, their reason for... Just, I know, we'll, we want to win a contest, so let's just invent time travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was also, like, it really spoke to, like... It didn't, like, hit you over the head with this, but it was, like, very, like, oh, this is what white privilege looks like. These kids just want... In order to get into college with all of the like rich white kids, these kids need to literally invent time travel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, so they've invented time travel. Michael J. Fox yeah. is there. <laughs> now, I forget what happens up until their first test, if any, the first successful test, mm-hmm. um, if anything. No, no, not really. So they, they test there's it a bit, couple of times. There's a bit of setup. Like, yeah. I mean, the Michael J. Fox cameo truly is to no purpose because he's not the teacher is not a character in the film after no. that it literally is just oh let's give Michael J. Fox a moment and then it just sets them up actually testing again and figuring out how it works it, it dives in it very quickly to the mm. plot like, which is what I really liked as well it yeah. doesn't spend a lot of time on the setup. doesn't have a lot of time to do it it doesn't Yeah. so yeah they, they do their first test and they go back uh, was it a day or something? They can go back two days. They no, went, no, it's one day. It's, is it 24 hours? Yeah, or? I think it's just 24 hours at this point. Okay, yeah. They, they build it later in the film and it, it gets... They can go back further. Yeah. But yeah, for now they go back one day and this is where I start to really enjoy it because mm-hmm. Sebastian is just like, okay, so before we go back, let's just make sure like the rules of time travel, we've seen time travel movies, <laughs> don't go interacting your past self, don't do anything silly like that. And short, and like, yeah, okay, okay, I, I get it, Sebastian, I get it. And so then they go back in time. The first thing they do is they go to exactly where they were on that day. Yes. They go straight to the shop that they were. That we, like, because we've seen the start of the movie, we know that they went to that shop. Yes. And so like, I'm straight away like, you're going to bump into yourself. This is going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? And so then she, like, they go and they start getting slushies. Like, you got slushies last time. You're going to bump into stuff at the slushy machine. This is awful. They get the slushy. They just throw it over, like, her ex-boyfriend and his new girlfriend. Yeah. I- like... That's not going to go well, is it? Well, that's clearly about to change the event of you coming into the shop. And so then, how's that going? Oh, you stupid idiot. But I loved that as well, because it was like, and, and like... It made them feel like legitimate like kids. Because like, yes, like, the but, infinite but, possibilities but, 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 of time before, travel. Before that, she felt like she had her head screwed on. Sure. Like, she really seemed to know what she was talking about. Like, many other conversations going on as well. And then she goes and does that. And they're like, oh, you stupid idiot. What have you done? And like, a Sebastian is... 
just me in this situation. Just like, why did you do that? Yeah. No, <laughs> this is not how you should do time travel. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know this. And yeah, and um, yeah, it all goes wrong. And literally from that one event, one thing leads to another and her brother gets shot dead. Now, does her brother <laughs> get shot dead because of what she did? Or was he always going to die in the timeline and they just have to try and find a way to fix it? I can't remember. Um, I think that it is because of what she did because it changed the events that were happening in that shop. Right. And, oh, what was it? Well, there's a robbery. The shop is oh, robbed by I've, other people. I've forgotten. I had it as, as to how the, how the events were connected. They are connected. Okay. But yeah, like there's a robbery in the shop which maybe wouldn't have happened if she hadn't thrown the slushy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the robbery would have happened. She didn't commit the robbery. Yeah, but like, she just interrupted the store it. or something. Oh God, I, ri- oh, I wish I'd written this down. Because um, I think it's important. Like, either, it's either he's predestined to die, because mm. you know, obviously the film is about whether she can change that, or whether it's just written in the stars he has to die, or or if she's actually caused his death. Then it's a it's kind of a different story. I I, I genuinely can't remember which one it was. Like, I think that I took it that she she caused his death by okay. well, inadvertently, obviously by sure. by throwing the slushy. Yeah, oh god, I just forget how the two events are connected. Because, like, the ex-boyfriend, he then runs out and runs into a car and gets his arm broken. And Yeah. Ah, oh, okay, well, whatever, I'll move on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyway, her brother gets shot dead. By um, the police. Yeah. By the police. Mm-hmm. Even though he hasn't done anything, somebody else robbed the store. Yeah, it's a complete case of mistaken oh, identity. Oh, oh, got it, got it. Okay. Um, so, because she threw the slushy on her ex-boyfriend. Yes. Later on, the ex-boyfriend comes to a July 4th party, which is a week later, I think it is. Okay. It's a, you know, um, Independence Day party that they Oh, having. you're right, yeah. Um, the ex-boyfriend comes there, talks to the brother, um, they get a bit riled up and, and argue, and so the brother and his friend, they leave the party. They're like, okay, just don't really want to be, let's just go walk it off. You're right, yes. And they walk it off, and they essentially get... Well, they're in the they, wrong place at the wrong time. Wrong, wrong place at the wrong time, yeah. But she doesn't know, she had no way of knowing that, right? Oh, no, of course, certainly okay. not. But, like, because she went back in time mm-hmm. and did something stupid yeah. that felt like such a small thing, you know, it's stepping on a butterfly. It's the it, butterfly yeah, exactly, back. yeah. But um, she never knows that it was her fault, then, does she? She never realises what the, She's trying to stop it from happening, but I don't think she ever realises that true, she actually, inadvertently yeah. caused it. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. And so then, uh, from here, the rest of the movie is, she's like, well, I've got... Actually, it takes her ages to work it out as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, okay, well, I've got a time machine, so I want to go back and save my brother. Yes. By the time she works this out, it's like a week later or something. Mm-hmm. She's, she's traumatised. She, ah, yeah, okay, fair. Caught us some slack, carry, my Yeah, God. I mean, obviously, I've never been through anything like that, but I'd feel like if I just invented time travel, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to forget it very quickly. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> TRP Mark II, you had another canister, why? Because in this canister, we can now change the spin of electrons. Change the spin? But then they become positrons. And if we introduce the new positrons to the protons in the original chamber, it'll, it'll be... be antimatter colliding with matter, pure energy. <laughs> Yep. It'll give enough energy so that it could power the machines to two times faster than the speed of light. Holy shit, CJ. Right? But, but CJ... That can expand the amount of time that we go back, from a day to probably a week. CJ, the expo was the day after Calvin got shot. We already missed it. I don't care about the expo. We can go back. We can fix it. We can save Calvin. Yeah, and so she goes to Sebastian, and that's what she wants to do. And I think initially he's like, oh, this doesn't sound like it's safe, okay, but no. sure, I'm in. No. And yeah, they have to make their machines better or something. 
Yeah, they, they kind of let certain aspects of the time travel logic kind of come and go with the breeze. It's mm-hmm. like, well, in this occasion, we met our previous selves, but we're just not going to have that happen anymore. Yes. Because that's just going to get too confusing. So, okay, let's just say we, we stop that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I liked how much the uh, the backpacks just felt like uh, the Ghostbusters... Mm. What do they call them? Protopacks? Protopacks. Proton yeah. packs, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just felt very, like, homemade. Yeah. Like, it really felt like something they'd just thrown together in a back garage, which is what it was. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they go back and they try to get to her brother in time to stop the, the, the shooting happen. Yeah. But she bumps into her ex-boyfriend, who then starts, like, bullying her or whatever, and just, like, well, holds her up, essentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. She gets away from him, it's fine, but... Uh, she can't get to her brother in time, yeah. and so they've wasted a whole day. It takes a whole day to recharge their time machine or recalibrate their time machines. Yeah. And so they've wasted a day, which makes it means it can be even more difficult, and there's another version of themselves that they need to avoid. Yes. So everything's just getting more and more complicated as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Do they try once more? Well, the next time... Yes, yes, a... yes. So the, ne- yeah, the next time they try, um, and they think, okay, well, let's stop the shop from getting robbed. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong here? <laughs> <laughs> and this one, this is where the film starts to get like a bit darker. I think. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, when, when you actually start seeing stuff happening, mm-hmm. like yeah, because it do, it doesn't really show which because you don't you don't see the the brother getting no, shot. you don't. It, it doesn't show you, it, which is good because otherwise it could have got really like really dark, really too, quick, like dark in a way that I don't think it would have been enjoyable. Yeah, mm. like, it really holds off on that until the, the right the, yeah, until the right moment. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah and so they go to the shop and. She communicates in multiple ways to the shop owner, saying, like, these two people who just entered your shop, they're going to rob you. Yeah. Oh, also at this point, present version of Sebastian walks into the shop, mm. while future version of Sebastian is just outside, like, keeping watch. Yeah. Obviously, he can't, like, make a diversion for his present self. Uh, so that kind of throws the spanner in the works. She doesn't clock it initially, mm-hmm. even though he's... Clearly wearing very different clothes. Well, she's not. She's focused on other things. Yeah. <laughs> also, quick pause. How amazing were all the clothes in this? Oh yeah, loved the fashion in this. It yeah, great. yeah. I thought the whole film had a really good sense, not just in the clothes, but in everything. It it really had a great sense of like how diverse the community of this like mm-hmm. part of New York was because it wasn't just these are like African Americans. It was like no. you've got a Jamaican community, you've mm-hmm. got a. a, a Puerto Rican community you've got like they, they all seem like they came from different like subcultures and it was really mm. I, I suppose it really felt like accurate to like these kind of melting pot mm-hmm. communities that you get it was, it was really I really liked all that like all the different languages that you heard throughout the whole film and the different like yeah. catchphrases and slang and stuff it was really and accents it was great mm-hmm. so yeah it was great like the scene at the 4th of July party when they're all just like playing dominoes and stuff and yeah I like it when the when when one of the brothers just puts down his final domino and just goes dominoes. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't know how to play. You don't do understand you? this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, the shopkeeper, understanding that those two people are going to rob him, mm. he pulls a gun out. Yeah, so the Which, shop is getting robbed by two entirely different people, basically. Yeah, like people who they don't know. But the reason the brother gets killed is that the cops f- assume that they are the people who just robbed the. Yes. The, the, the shop basically yes. it's like a mistaken identity thing but because a lot of American cops are very like shoot first ask questions later they mm-hmm. end up well the brother ends up getting shot even mm-hmm. though he's completely innocent just yeah. completely in the wrong place wrong time yeah yeah and so the shopkeeper pulls a gun out mm-hmm. the two robbers both pull guns out mm-hmm. and you know they all start having a bit of a scuffle in which CJ and Sebastian are kind of kind of involved as well well future CJ present Sebastian yes are involved as well mm-hmm. and then we see from future Sebastian's point of view 
um, out on the street. He hears a gunshot. The two robbers run out and run off. And then his present self sort of stumbles backwards out of the shop mm-hmm. and dies on the pavement. Yes. And it is grim. This is where the film gets very dark. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you just think it couldn't get any worse, uh, CJ, who was just there with uh, present Sebastian, she looks up and she sees future Sebastian just like coughing up blood and then disappearing. Yes, because the Sebastian in the past timeline has been killed, that means that future Sebastian ceases to exist. Yeah. And yeah, it's really it's really upsetting. Like, yeah. It's very, but it's it's very powerfully done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, so she saved her brother, mm. but at the co- at the cost of her best friend. So, yes, yeah. and so she takes his backpack as well as obviously the one she's wearing, mm-hmm. and goes back to the future. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, didn't mean to say that. <laughs> well, I mean, this <laughs> film is clearly very much in depth to that. One, oh yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of primer in this as well. Oh sure, I yeah. Thought. But like, obviously, people who are not responsible with time travel. As opposed to people who are. Yes, very much so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she goes back and uh, does she go to his funeral, I think? Oh, yes, because she tells, she tells her brother, who's alive in this timeline, mm. what's going on. Like, she, yeah. she explains the situation to him, like, I've invented Oh, time. and her brother finds, like, the... Uh, do, you, do you call it a leaflet? I don't know. But the, the thing funeral from, from, program, yeah, with yeah, his Yeah, from his, from face, his own funeral. Yeah. That in the current timeline that they're in didn't mm. happen. Yeah. But he gets a little freaked out about it. Understandably so. Yeah. <laughs> very morbid prank, if it was a prank. Yeah. Yeah, so he finds a copy of the programme for his own funeral, which mm-hmm. happened in the, the alternate timeline. Yeah. Confronts his sister, and she kind of confesses that, oh, but yeah, I invented time travel. Mm-hmm. And then she explains she has to go back again to try and save Sebastian and him. Mm-hmm. So then she goes back again a third time, I think. Yeah. Uh, we, I think we have actually skipped over Eduardo's character. Uh, yes, we have. So Eduardo is uh, the... Puerto Rican, I think. He's a big nerd who's in in love with CJ. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't really have much to do with the plot, really. He just kind of gives them some. No, he gives them a, a quantum circuit board. He's yet another and and and, and they, they impoverished teenage kid who inexplicably had access to the most incredible technology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they bring him in for the second and maybe this third jump as well. Mm-hmm. This third jump where she goes back just by herself. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm helping. I'm on the team. Woo. And then she's like, you're not going to remember any of this. And he's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and just walks off. <laughs> yeah, no, he was good comic relief. I liked him. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Eduardo. You know, I almost feel bad for you. Really? Because I'm still here, boo. Princesa. Mamacita. Yeah, 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 yeah. Babe. Yeah. yeah, go, bro. It's okay. It's uh, I know, just give us some time alone. I- I'm cool. You got to... Like, really calm all that down. I'm mean, nah, getting nah, a little cool. too close. I'm cool. I'm cool. But I'll never forget this, CJ. Yes, you will. Remember none of this happened? Yeah, and so she... Uh, using the quantum uh, circuit board, it means that she can essentially hijack a previous time jump. Mm-hmm. So she goes back and appears in the alleyway at the same time as Sebastian did right. for the time jump where I think he was going to die. Well, you understood this far more than me. Yeah. At this point, I was just like, "Well, I'm just going to let this wash, wash over me." Like, I'm enjoying the bit, the, the emotional storyline, but yeah. the logic of how all these time jumps are working is completely going over my head. So. Yeah. But yeah, so she she arrives there, and she's got a completely different plan to him. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she's running one way, and he's like, "But the shop's that way." And like, yeah. come this way. Um, yeah, she's got a new plan to try and rescue her brother without putting Sebastian in danger. Yeah. Yeah, basically. I mean, the plan is just go back to Plan A, which was. Go straight to the, the brother. brother yeah. yeah, just go straight to the brother. Say like, "Hey, the police are about to show up. Don't do anything." Yeah, which is what she should have said. Yeah, but it's not, and it just 
goes it just gets much worse yeah i mean there are many ways i think she could have done this better but who are we so many ways (laughs) so many ways so she meets up with the brother and his his friend and tries to explain everything first of all gives him the funeral thing again like hey look here's the thing to your funeral and he's like what she, what, what she lays way this? too much on him yeah. like, with no context. And just like, I've invented time travel and there's no proof. And you're dead. And there's no proof for anything. You died. That you, you, You're, you're going to die. The police are going to kill you because they think that you robbed this shop yeah. given the shop's name. And he doesn't know what to do with it. The best friend doesn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the two robbers run past and she's like, that's them. And they're like, what? <laughs> As you would be. Yeah. <laughs> And then the police show up. It doesn't go very well. And then the best friend says, oh, is this about that shop that got robbed? And the the police are just like, well, I guess these two did it then. Mm -hmm. And just like instantly pull weapons on them. Sebastian tries to stop the police from doing that. They they kneel down on his neck. Yeah, again, it gets incredibly... That's the bit that I I forgot about from watching it the first time. I didn't Mm -hmm. realise how, you know present that is um, right now. I mean, I know it has been present before. Well, that's it. There's many, it's not like, many it's a year. Nice, it's not like an isolated incident. No. So, sure, yeah. Um, but you're right, watching it specifically now is very, like, timely. Yeah. yeah. And I'd like to reiterate that it's not intentional. No, no, no. no. And uh, CJ's brother looks at the, the pamphlet again and sees it change from his face to Sebastian's face. Yeah, to imply that in this time yeah. Sebastian's about to die because he's being choked. Yeah. yeah. He he works it out at that point. He works out everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And so he just stands up and he reaches into his pocket, knowing exactly what he's doing, mm-hmm. and gets out his phone. One of the cops thinks he's getting out a gun or something, shoots him a couple times in the chest, mm-hmm. and he dies. Yes. And uh, somehow, CJ and Sebastian, I guess they get away. We didn't really see. Yeah, um, yeah they, they, they kind of wave over that. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go back and, you know, they're feeling glum, but you know, at least Sebastian's alive. Yeah. And uh, and this is when she tells Sebastian that he's died. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Because he's like, you've jumped more than... How, yeah, how many time jumps have you Because done? you're not wearing the same clothes as we mm. were when we started, yeah. So he figures it out, he puts it all together. Yeah. And um, I, forget, I forget what happens now, but then it just basically comes to an end where... Well, he says he can't do it anymore. He, he, when he finds out that he's, there's a timeline where he died, mm. he freaks out. He's like, we cannot keep doing this. You know, I'm sorry about your brother, but... Mm we can't stop this and I'm just not going to, we just can't anymore. Yeah. But then she doesn't accept that. So she, behind his back, uh, she, she jumps back another time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She jumps back one last time and uh, slow motion runs towards the camera and it finishes there. Very yeah. open-ended. It does. Yeah. What did you think of that ending? That kind of open-ended ending? Uh, when I initially watched it, I hated it. You disappointed. It didn't yeah. give you any closure. Yeah. Yeah. But watching it a second time, I don't really want closure on on this film because mm. it leaves it open ended. It, it it leaves you thinking they might not have done it. They might not have succeeded. Yeah, no, I really I really liked it, which too. is good because the issues with police brutality against race it's not just going to suddenly finish. Yeah, it would have been really weird if it just ended on like on yeah, and it's note. all fine now. Yeah, 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 because it's not all fine now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the world is a mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's actually a really good ending. Yeah, it's a fantastic ending. Yeah, mm. Mm. and a very good film. No, I really enjoyed this one. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't feel the need to veto it either. No, 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 I'm glad. Yeah, we were concerned. I mean, we vetoed Primer because we literally couldn't figure out a way to talk about it because <laughs> it was just incomprehensible. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, 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 you know, this is a good example of a film that we've done that's like not that 
well known. That's just nice mm. to shine a teeny little light on. Mm. Like very different film, but it kind of reminded me of Swiss Army Man, where it's like just a little film that not many people have seen that we could be like, oh, this sure. is good. This yeah. is a good film. Okay. Obviously, this is much more safe. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing this has in common with that. Yes. The, yes. There's no, there's no <laughs> farting zombies in this. There's no, I don't think Swiss Army Man has anything to say about race. But no. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah. Um, no. So do you know that this film started out? This is the, the director's first ever film. Mm. He's only like in his mid twenties, the director, I think. Okay. And yeah, he, he filmed it as a short for college, I think, or just for mm. a, or submitted to some festivals or something. So a low budget short film, and then somehow Spike Lee saw it, mm. and he came on board as a producer, and got it made as a feature. Yeah. But they used the same actors that they used in the short, which is a really nice touch, I think. I, I was looking this up on IMDb, and I saw that there was one from like twenty fifteen or something. Yeah. Same name, same actors. Yeah. Same director. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's re- it's a really nice little story. Just got made so yeah it's one of those films where I'm excited to see what the director does next because he's obviously you know Mm. an inventive guy with a lot to say so yeah yeah Yeah. great do you have anything more to say Uh, no I don't think so I think we can cover the rest in drinking games probably sure alright drinking games then Okay, so first drinking game I got here Mm -hmm. drink whenever she is clearly abusing time travel Oh, CJ. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. She's, she's not paying any attention to the laws. But again, I loved that. I loved that she was just the hot-headed teenager who just mm-hmm. has powers she doesn't really understand. And it's, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was really interesting. Like, normally her character, I think, would be a boy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just about the fact that this is a film that's not all about white people. It's also creating that, that this hot-headed character who's got, like, violence in her, you know, who, who like, you know, yeah. has a lot of rage and, you know, a lot of, you know, coming from probably because her dad's died and she's mm-hmm. been, you know, had a lot of problems, but the fact that she's a, a girl doesn't isn't really a factor. Like it's not it's not ever like something they speak about in the film about. Mm. But you're a girl, yeah. Like it just is, and I thought that was really yeah. I just thought that was really good. Like it was, and they didn't make Sebastian and her fall in love. They were just friends. They were just pals. Who, you it know, was just, never even hinted at. Never even hinted at. Which I, I just really appreciated it. It just yeah. felt very organic. So. It really shouldn't be a rare thing. Yeah, like like you touched on like most of the things that go wrong in this film are her fault. Yeah, <laughs> like she just makes bad bad choices. Like but, pretty much all of them. Yeah. But it's not because she's stupid. No, no, no. It's just that she's pretty, pretty big one there. Let's, let's I mean, yeah, that. let's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly other people who are making bad decisions yeah. in this film. Um, but yeah, like, you don't hate her for it because ultimately you understand that she's just a hot headed teenager and she doesn't mm-hmm. really, you know, fully comprehend the what she wields in terms of this incredible mm-hmm. time travel power. So, yeah. yeah. I hate her for it. <laughs> I feel like she knew what, she, what 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 the rules were before she time travelled, and then the moment she did, she was she's all impu- out the window. Yeah, she's impulsive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but okay, yeah. So drink every. Well, I drink every time she loses her temper. Yeah. Which is somewhat similar, but like you know when she attacks her ex boyfriend, uh, mm-hmm. she's very quick with her fists. Like, you know, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, probably similar. Just every time she's impulsive or temperamental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Drink every time they mention the space time continuum. Yeah. Yeah. I've got that. Um, I've also got a drink for the word time, drink for the word quantum. Mm. Um, I just feel like Sebastian in particular, his role was very much running around going, but the space-time continuum! Yeah. Don't, for, don't forget the space-time continuum! <laughs> I've watched Star Trek, don't forget! Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, drink whenever you find yourself in the back alley. In the back alley, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I always drink when I find myself in the back alley. <laughs> because, uh, in this, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I loved all this, the, the moments of them jumping. Because they, they always go to the back alleys to jump, don't they? And they've mm. got that Jamaican guy who's just always, like, mm. sleeping in his chair. He's like, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> Good. 
making it like he sleeps all the time, but he probably just had like a little five minute nap. That was just happened to be was, when they yeah. arrived. Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, okay, here's one: drink every time a child pulls out some ridiculous technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really love this. I mean, we talked about it earlier, but how like all of these school children in this quite impoverished neighborhood just seem to have access to like, oh yeah, I've got this, you know, quantum mechanical engine that you can borrow. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like when, um, what's his face? Uh, Eduardo. Rican, Eduardo. When Eduardo is he, like, he's like, turn around and he pulls out from under his bed, just yeah. this like golden glowing. <laughs> I don't even know what it was, but like some it's a circuit science, board, I think. Yeah, yeah. Some si- yeah, some circuit board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Loved all that. Um, drink whenever you see a flag. A flag, okay. There's loads of flags throughout this. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, I had drink for the different like ac- every time you hear a different accent because I think, like I oh, said, yeah. it, it really paints a picture of all these different cultures that are kind of thrown together in New York. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's all I got. Okay. My last one is drink for plot holes. Because mm-hmm. I do think. <laughs> Like, I really enjoyed this film. I think if you really look into it, it's just as full of ridiculous plot holes as Source Code is. Mm-hmm. But it's such a good time and it's got so much good stuff to say that you just, like, you don't really want to look at it. Yeah. You, you've, there's no... I don't have any intention of, like, picking it apart and going, like, oh, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. This film's crap because it didn't make that make sense. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they really, like, wave a hand over, like, so sometimes then when they jump, there's, like, multiple versions of them, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's not, and then I guess it's just because. <laughs> um, and, yeah, there's a camera that they seem to control filming them in that back alley, but mm-hmm. it's never addressed as to how and why they're controlling that camera. Mm, no idea, no. <laughs> and, yeah, there's just all, all of the science, it's, you know, and I think it's it's deliberately just silly, but, mm. yeah, I, I think if you really start to think about it, it would fall apart quite mm-hmm. quickly. Who wants to do that? (laughs) I don't know. Nerds. Nerds, indeed. This is the finalized TRP Mark I. We have officially finished the time sequence calibrations for the core of the TRP, which is located here. In this canister, there is a solution of protons. The canister is attached to a rotor circuit that generates the protons to the speed of light, which will then create a quantum foam and open up a wormhole. Once the wormhole opens, the protons and the energy generated will break down our molecular structure so we can pass through the wormhole, so we can get to our time destination with our molecular structure fully reconstructed. Hopefully. It will. Okay, so this is normally the part of the show where I plug ourselves, Mm -hmm. but I don't really feel like I want to on 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 this episode. Sure. Um, and so instead, if anybody who is listening is feeling very generous, mm-hmm. then I urge you to give to a Black Lives Matter charity. Oh, yeah. Because I really think that is relevant in this episode, and that's... I I don't want to make anything from talking about this. Okay. We're just two white guys talking about a film about black people struggling. You did not um, run this by me, Harry. I want all that money. I want that cash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we all know that John is the dickhead of this. Yeah, I'm kidding, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, John, when you put a couple of links in the description or something? I will, absolutely. Yeah, look in the links. I'll find some suitable charities that are, are worth donating to. I think that's a very good idea. Yeah. yeah, and there's plenty more you can do than just donating. You can, you know, talk about it with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, in general, have conversations. But there's yeah. also you know, you can turn up to protests. There's yeah. do so so much that you can do. Do some reading, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Learn some stuff. Yes. Um, watch more films. Watch more. You know what? It's interesting. Before you, we we might. St- I think we probably should still do this. But I think the whole Black Lives Matter. Not that it's a new thing, but it became very much. Are you going to suggest a season on Black Lives Matter? No, not a season on Black Lives Matter. That's that'd be far too po-faced. But like, no, no, no. We're, but I think we're in the mid. 
in the we'd already decided on Groundhog Day season, mm. and then this became very much like a newsworthy mm-hmm. thing, or it, it became like a worldwide conversation. Mm-hmm. I was thinking we we could maybe look at doing a month of films directed by black directors or, mm. or non-white directors i should say yeah because i think if you look back we have done obviously but we've done some films but i think there's probably a huge white male i'm sure I'd, yeah. I'd, it must be like 95 percent of everything we've done yeah so i was thinking we could maybe do a season in the future on uh, like just not even necessarily black but non-white mm-hmm. directors films directed by non-white directors just to kind of broaden our horizons a bit obviously this is one of them which mm-hmm. is great yeah. um so yeah i would say obviously if you can donate some money go to a process whatever but also just watch more films that aren't by white guys yeah. yeah, see some new perspectives. Yeah, there's so many great films out there, you know, that are directed by people of color, mm-hmm. women, you know, all kinds, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah no, uh, yeah, let's do that for next season. Absolutely, yeah. great. And uh, also, if you if you care, um, every Friday at eight o'clock, I do a quiz mm-hmm. um, on YouTube. Yeah, so this Friday, um, this coming Friday at eight pm, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be hosting a Rick and Morty quiz live on YouTube. Mm-hmm. John will put the link in the description for that as well. Uh, I mean, that is priority number two of, yeah, of, sure. of, of your actions, the mm. listener. Uh, <laughs> they can do two things. Our listeners have, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, Rick and Morty quiz. If you're, if you're a fan, if you feel like you know a lot about Rick and Morty. Or even if you don't, just, yeah, bit come, of fun on YouTube. Yeah. Come along, it'll be fun. Eight o'clock, uh, British time. Um, or you can tune in afterwards and still play from the start. It's up to you. Mm. See you there. Great. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%? Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle? The towering 93%. Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. So sequels. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, as I mentioned, I really enjoyed this film. I felt like there was a lot you could do with it. Yeah. Uh, so I've gone for kind of a direct sequel. So I'm thinking the film, the original film ends on this very open shot of mm. CJ running down a street having time jumped again. Mm. And it never tells you whether or not she succeeds mm-hmm. in rescuing her brother or not. Yeah. So I'm thinking this sequel should open with her again running down a street. Similar mm. thing. And it should maybe like make you think maybe it's just directly picked up immediately after that moment. And get the sense that it hasn't. It hasn't, no. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert. But she's, so she's running down the street and we actually see her run towards two police officers mm. who are holding a, a, a black kid, a black teenager, at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. A, new, a new character. Well, yes. This is, well, this is maybe, maybe the kid's face is obscured initially. Right. But she runs up and she hails a smoke bomb at the cops. Right. And, which goes off mm-hmm. and it causes some confusion. And in the confusion, she then uses a taser gun that she's got. She pulls out of her pocket. I'm thinking she's got lots of like high-tech technology. Fair so, enough, you know, yeah. That's what they've been using in the original film. They're, yeah. inv- they're inventive. She pulls out a taser gun and uses it to knock both the cops out in the confusion caused okay. by the smoke bomb. And then she looks at the black kid who's just been held at gunpoint and she just says, run. Mm. And he runs away. Mm-hmm. And then we see that the kid that she's told that to is not her brother. Mm. It's a different kid. 
Uh, and then we get some voiceover narration from CJ herself. And we learn that she never actually did find a way to save her brother's life. Mm-hmm. Like she kept going. She, she jumped back in time many times. But whatever she did, somebody always ended up dead. Yeah. So she, she just couldn't figure out a way to fix it. And that's kind of obviously haunted her. That's like really something that weighs very heavily on her. And eventually she just had to, maybe she ran out of jumps or too much time passed or but she, she just mm-hmm. couldn't do it in time and it, did, it never worked. So now she's using her technical wizardry because she is obviously, she's a genius, you know, she's this technical genius. Mm-hmm. She's using her technical wizardry to protect other people from police brutality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every time she hears about a black man or woman being killed by cops in like a, you know, in a shootout in mm-hmm. you know, in public, she goes back in time and rescues them. Ah, okay. So that's like her... She's a superhero. She's a vigilante superhero. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. And I think her voiceover is going to be important to set up, like, who she is. But she'll say, it's not for me to judge who's innocent and who's guilty. Mm -hmm. Whether or not the people who are being held up by the police Mm -hmm. committed the crimes or not, she doesn't care. Yeah. Like, what she cares about is, all she knows, nobody deserves to be shot in the streets or Mm. choked to death or or any of the manifold ways in which this happens in police brutality situations. So whenever it does happen, she goes back in time and stops it. Mm. So it's like she's evening the playing field and, mm-hmm. and stopping that from happening. And then we learn that Sebastian, her friend, who's still alive, mm-hmm. because of him dying that one time, in that one timeline, he, he doesn't get directly involved. He won't join her on these like missions. But he's kind of like her cue. Mm-hmm. Like he's okay. He's like helping her to develop all these different gadgets and pieces of technology to make yeah. this job that she's taken on for herself easier. So she, he's helped her to develop the... The mid-range taser that she uses to knock out the cops, mm-hmm. this automated smoke grenade that that's very fast acting, mm-hmm. and you know just all this stuff. And she, I think his role is to kind of keep giving her new gadgets that she can use to make the job easier, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, because she, she doesn't hurt the cops; she just safely disarms them. Yeah, so she's not going around killing anyone at all. You know? mm-hmm. And also, she's been working on the time jump machine that she uses, so she can now jump time a lot faster. It doesn't have to like involve running to the same back alley. She can do it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. She can control where she ends up. She's just got a lot more control over the whole situation, basically. Yeah. So I think she's just refined it. Like you know, yeah. they're using their skills to, to make it better. And also she covers her face during these rescues mm-hmm. to avoid being ID'd because you know mm-hmm. the more she does it, the more kind of word spreads so mm. she's wearing like a classic it, this i'm very much thinking this is like an mcu style <laughs> it's not i'm not saying it's necessarily actually no maybe it is i'm not but yeah it's kind of like definitely inspired by those kind of mcu origin stories so she's like this mysterious vigilante hero right yeah who rescues all of these people from the police yeah so she's become kind of a hero in the new york community mm-hmm. you know they know who she is because she, she keeps showing up whenever she's got a name i was trying to think like I'm not good at this. I, I was thinking like Justice Girl, but that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Justice Girl. <laughs> that's awful, isn't it? Like, um, I, maybe we could go with that. Just like, she hates the name. Like the newspapers gave her that name. She absolutely hates it. Yeah, maybe that's, like, maybe that's like a running joke where like, she's been given the lamest name in the world. Yeah. And she just, she hates it, but she didn't choose it. It's just what the tabloids decided on. Yeah. So she's Justice Girl. <laughs> Not a member of the Justice League. Just, she's just Justice Girl. She would prefer Justice Woman, but the newspapers sure. will be newspapers. You, exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she's a vigilante hero in the community that she grew up in, in yeah. the Bronx. But she's also one of the police department's most wanted figures in the whole city. Right. Because from their perspective, she just uh, keeps going around attacking their officers. Yeah. So she's a very controversial figure. Very, very, very divisive in the community. Mm-hmm. To many people, she's a hero, but to the police, she's just a criminal. Hmm. 
And then I thought there was going to be like a subplot where, because obviously nobody knows that it's her, apart from Sebastian. Sebastian's the only one who knows her identity. Mm-hmm. And because in the, in the original film, they were looking at going to college, weren't they? He's applying to go to college and he wants her to, you know, also apply to college and maybe move on with their lives. Mm-hmm. But she's now become obsessed with this new role in her life of like protecting people. Yeah. And she feels like that's more important than college. Yeah. And her mother also doesn't know her identity. So she also doesn't understand why her daughter's suddenly completely lost interest in her studies. She's also quite concerned. So so there's that happening in the background as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, obviously, in this vigilante versus the police department kind of plot line, you need, like, a central villain kind of thing. Mm. So again, I'm thinking in a very, like, comic booky kind of style, I think the villain should be the mayor of the city. <laughs> who's like, yeah, he's an evil, a classic evil mayor of New York. Yeah. Rudy Giuliani type, who's like in the pay of like the police department and the like, gangsters, and he's in the pay of the police department. Uh, well, oh uh, yeah, all local <laughs> criminals. Or, well, you know, he's he's, he's he's crooked. He's dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are we going to have it that like the police numbers are down, like the arrest numbers are down, so that looks bad on their books? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like it doesn't look good on him. He, he's he's a you know, he's the mayor, and his police officers are constantly getting like incapacitated during mm. service. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But he takes advantage of it and uses it because maybe there's an election coming up he needs to win, you know? Of course. So he's using it to create division in the community. So Mm -hmm. he's, like, making her out to be the villain in this situation. Mm -hmm. So he claims, rather than the fact that she's just, you know, from her perspective, she's just rescuing these teenagers from being shot in the street because she knows Mm -hmm. that they're all going to get shot and killed or choked or whatever terrible things are going to happen to them. But from his perspective, he he makes it out that, you know, she's just attacking police officers in the streets. So she's, like, a terrorist, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so he vows to put a stop to these police officers being attacked when they're just doing their jobs. Yeah. And so this kind of stokes a huge amount of division between, like, the black community that she's in, who obviously see her as a hero because they know what the police are like and Mm -hmm. how they treat other people, versus the more privileged white community who, you know, trust the police Mm. and don't think the police are doing anything wrong. Yeah. And just think of this girl as a terrorist as a, as a criminal who's causing a lot of problems and mm-hmm. making them feel less safe mm-hmm. so it causes this huge conflict in the city and it causes it stokes a lot of racial tensions and this is all to the mayor's advantage because he wants to you know cause divisions so that he can shore up his own votes basically mm-hmm. so much so that he's also in addition to like calling her out he's also orchestrating fake incidents where the police are getting hurt more severely that she's got nothing to do with but it makes her look worse. Mm. So he's, he's orchestrating fake incidents so that she it looks like she's properly just attacking the cops uh, indiscriminately. I see. Uh, I see. Yeah, maybe yeah. she's like robbing. Maybe he's making it look she's actually robbing banks and stuff. All these things mm. that she's not doing. Yeah. Just to make her look more like a villain, basically. So yeah. he's trying to frame her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all this is going on. She's being blamed for all of this stuff. Her name's being driven through the mud. And not only that, but it, because she's now considered like the most wanted criminal in the city, mm. the mayor recruits another local hero mm-hmm. to track her down and put a stop to her. And that local hero is, of course, Spider-Man. <laughs> He's also in New York. Yeah. No, Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I guess, okay. Yeah. Tom Holland's Spider-Man is in this. Yeah. Sure. So I just thought it'd be interesting to put, like, Tom Holland, who's maybe, like, the most likable of all the MCU people. You know, he's the one everyone likes, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then make him, like, a, an instrument of white privilege. Okay. Like, he's not the bad guy. He's still a nice kid who thinks he's doing the right thing. Mm. But he just hasn't... Why would he even think about this, you know? Mm. And you could even like the whole thing because he's got like his 
his little, his girlfriend, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Or his, or his, his best friend, his girlfriend. Zendaya. Zendaya, yeah. Yeah. And it could be like, well, I'm not racist, my girlfriend. And then, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that old, that old chestnut. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then I'm thinking like the, the main plot of this film could be <laughs> Spider-Man versus... What did I say she was called? Justice Girl. Justice Girl. Versus, that's a terrible name. Spider-Man versus Justice Girl. <laughs> and initially they're enemies. And then when they finally have their confrontation, she explains that she's not who they say she is. Mm-hmm. And then she points out that he's being used as a tool for you know mm. the white establishment. And she teaches Spider-Man some shit that he yeah. doesn't know. Yeah. And you know, he resisted at first because he doesn't, he doesn't want to think he's a bad guy. No. And, and she's like, oh, great, just because you've got a black friend, you're not racist, I guess. Like, you know, just, you know, <laughs> I, I just think it'd be like a really interesting twist. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, ultimately I'm thinking, I don't want it to be not hopeful. So I'm thinking ultimately she'll teach Spider-Man to think more carefully mm-hmm. and he'll realise he's being used as a puppet and mm-hmm. they can both work together. And I'm thinking that's where it'll, you know, it'll end with them teaming up ultimately yeah. and bringing the mayor down. And it turns out the mayor is Norman Osborn. Sure, why not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was just thinking that could be, yeah. I'm thinking basically, in a nutshell, it's a classic MCU origin story is what yeah. I'm thinking of. No, that, that worked really well, actually. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Hmm. Spider-Man and Justice Girl. Yes. <laughs> Actually, the naming would be clearly the other way around. Yeah, Justice Girl and Spider-Man. Yeah. Imagine a film that has and Spider-Man on the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Justice Girl a... and Spider-Man. <laughs> Featuring Spider-Man. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, I'll get to mine then. I like that. Thank you. I thought you might. Okay, mine is called See Me Tomorrow. See Me Tomorrow. That sounds like something my school teacher used to say to me when, <laughs> I, when I didn't hand in my homework. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? See Me Tomorrow. Okay, well, so this one is a sequel. Okay, cool. Um, Direct sequel, straight after, yeah? Uh, a bit after, not okay. straight after. Everything went well with the cliffhanger, and this film starts a few months, maybe a year later. Mm-hmm. CJ and... Sebastian, yes, got it. Well done. Not um, Duncan, yeah. <laughs> have been spending all year working on the theory of time travel. Uh, CJ has learned that she is pretty shit at behaving like a responsible time traveller. Mm-hmm. They've done several tests to find out how time travel works and what it can be used for. So now they want to test meeting themselves, and this is where the main plot of my, my idea is. Mm-hmm. So they want to travel back in time and meet their past self. Okay, so they can like do it in a responsible, controlled environment. Yes. Are they still trying to rescue her brother? Have they kind of accepted that that's not possible at this point? No, that's not like... Uh, so this is a fair bit later. So like the cliffhanger at the end of the first film was resolved successfully. Let's just go with that. Oh, so she did rescue him? Yeah. Okay, sure. Great. Yeah, okay. sure. And so they've moved on from that and now they're just okay. like, great. Whew. Let's not do that again. Yeah, let's <laughs> not do that again. Okay, cool. How do we make sure we don't do that again? Let's let's run some tests. I see, okay. Right. And uh, yeah, so now we get to the test where they meet themselves. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's other little films that we could do in other tests that they do, but this is what I've done. Okay. So they agree that they are going to spend the next hour locked up in the garage. Okay. At the end of the hour, they will travel back 45 minutes right. into the garage still. Mm-hmm. And meet their old selves. Oh, fif- oh. with a 15-minute yeah. gap. Okay. The time machines will support them being there for about 30 minutes mm-hmm. before bringing them home. So the past selves will spend about 15 minutes just waiting in anticipation, 30 minutes interacting with their future selves. Oh, then, I see. So both... And, th- and then 15 minutes to get ready to jump themselves. I see. Oh, I see. Sense? Yes. So because it's a controlled environment and it's in a short time span, mm. they're... F- past selves aren't going to be surprised because they know straight they know going in yeah. that they're planning so, to, so the first thing yeah. they do is they sit there and just wait like okay we're just going to wait and we're not going to jump right now we're yeah. going to jump later because right. right now we're about to meet ourselves I see okay 
So yeah, they don't want any surprise or anything like that. They want to keep it as as basic as possible. Okay. Yes, that's the plan. They they lock themselves up in the garage. They wait with excitement, hoping to meet themselves in about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, quarter past the hour, it comes and goes. And nobody arrives. Mm -hmm. Half past and still nothing. Sebastian has an idea and starts to explain that because they're the top level of time travel, like basically the real world, Mm -hmm. the future doesn't exist for them to travel back from. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's nobody to travel back and meet them. But they can still go back in time at the end of the hour and meet their past selves. But they'll never be able to meet their future selves. Mm-hmm. You with me so far? Sorry, say that again. <laughs> so, because they're the top level... They were the, the, fir- they're like, the first like the time they're doing yeah. it. Yeah, okay. There's nobody above them to like come back and say hello. Right, okay. So, they've got to be the first people to travel back. And they'll start the loop then. They'll yes. start the feedback loop, okay. Yes, basically. So, yeah, as the first people in a time loop, they have to make the first trip. Right, okay. Make sense? Yes, I'm with you. Great. So, they wait for a whole hour, and they get really bored. Sure. Commence a montage, they're like, you know, playing ping pong and stuff, and like, oh, how long has it been? Two minutes, that sort of thing. <laughs> sure, yeah. At the end of the hour, they go back to, uh, to quarter past. They travel back 45 minutes ago. And they find themselves waiting in excitement, exactly as planned. Okay. Past CJ and Sebastian, high five. Present CJ and Sebastian, high five. And then CJ and CJ high-five and Sebastian and Sebastian high-five. They all just high-five each other. Okay, I'm, all... I'm glad that that detail is something that you've clearly thought a lot about. <laughs> Past CJ asks, so what, what's it like for you? Did, did your future selves come back and talk to you? What did they say? And present CJ is like, no, we didn't get anybody come back and see us. We just had to wait the hour out. Dante says it's because we live in the top level of time, like the present, the real world, and you guys live one level down. Oh, okay. I can see how that might be taken the wrong way. And then past CJ's like, we're one level down. So they're like a hierarchy. Present CJ's like, yeah, because we've come to visit. We can't go forwards in time because our future hasn't happened yet. Whereas yours has. You've got 45 minutes of future because that's where we just came from. And then past CJ says, right, I don't like being not in the real world, as you put it. (laughs) Uh, Present CJ, oh, don't get me wrong. You're still important. If it's not for you being alive, then I wouldn't be alive. So, you know, you are me and I'm you. I'm just the present version and you're the past version. Clearly, she's just not wording things very well. No, sure. She's putting is, her foot in her mouth and yeah. it's making her... Because she's quite hot-headed anyway. Yeah. Her other version is just taking this entirely the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Present Sebastian motions to present CJ that they should probably go back now. Just yeah. just mm. go back right now rather than wait the whole time. Mm. But weren't we going to stay half an hour? I would like to go now. Let's go now. Mm-hmm. And so they go back to the present, but we stay in the past. Okay. The film stays in the past. Okay. Um, so we're still with the original duo? or we're, we're, with... we're still with the ones that are 45 minutes in the past. Okay. The ones that have just been insulted. Right. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. And uh, CJ says, who does she think she is? The top level. The real world. How can she talk to us like that? Without us, she's nothing. Um, what are you saying, CJ? I'm saying I don't like her. But she's you. (laughs) Yes, but I don't like being the past version of me. She said it herself. She is the present version, the top-level version. I'm the past version. Where where are you going with this? I don't want to stay in the past. I want to be in the future. I want to be in the top level. But CJ, we've not planned for a jump forwards yet. There's so much we don't know. In fact, we don't know anything. Could our packs last in the future? What would happen to your present self? Would she cease to exist or would you both be there? Enough questions, Sebastian. 
We need to work out how to get to the future, even if we can't stay there. Think about what we could learn. We could look at share prices, bet on sporting events, predict the weather. Now she's thinking clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Sebastian's like, we can't predict things if we stay there. And also, CJ, we only have 45 minutes of future. Like, we can't go further than that. And that's only really good for, like, predicting short-term weather, which nobody really cares about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. We need, we need to be able to go further into the future. <gasps> I've got it. If we go back to the past by one whole day, we can tell ourselves that we should travel one day to the future and learn from it. And so CJ's like, um, okay, I get it. So sorry, yeah, why can't... don't they just go back a day and then use that to benefit in their present? Why do they need to go into the future? Like, if they want to look at, like, share prices, mm-hmm. why not just go back and then go back to the present and make, you know... Or, sorry, why don't why not go back and invest then, like, you know, in, in, in or make a bet then? Why do they need to go into the future? Because if they went back, then that would just be... Uh, there'd be two versions of them. Right, okay. And it would all get way more difficult. So when they go to the future, there's no second version of them? Um... Just, just don't question me. Okay, fine. <laughs> so they go. So the top line of this is they're going to the future, to they're going to the past, so that their past selves can go to the future. Yes. So that they can then benefit based on betting and yes, predicting the future. Okay. Yes. I'm sort of following. Okay. Well, no, you you sound like you've got it. Okay. And so yeah, Sebastian's like, okay, CJ, I I think I understand now. Mm-hmm. I like the sound of it. Let's do it. Okay. So instead of doing the test as planned, you know, waiting for the hour to be up and then going back 45 minutes. They go back one day okay. and they meet themselves. But they really kind of jumped into that and they didn't plan it. Their one day past selves are both completely freaked out as they weren't expecting anybody to arrive. Sure. Like, their one day past selves were just kind of thinking like, hey, maybe we should do a test tomorrow. They were very early in the, conversa- in the conversation yeah. about what we were going to do. Okay. And so they say, we're from the future. Uh, well... Duh, but why have you come to interact with your past self? Isn't that super dangerous? Sebastian could lose his mind by seeing his double. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey! Oh, sorry, Sebastian. And then a future self say, Well, we're here to explain to you that because we have come from one day in your future, you are now able to travel one day into your future. Right. So you can go ahead, you can find out a stock price will change, and other stuff, you know, make money, you know, do stuff that nobody would know. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that seems quite immoral and an abusive technology. This is all CJ talking. Sure. Yes, but it's information from the future. It's not hurting anybody. Look, future me, I'm not doing this, and that's final. It's not a good thing to use time travel for, and I hope I never turn into you. (laughs) So she's having an argument with her future self. Yes. Which makes sense, because she's quite temperamental. Again, it's the second time she's done this. Oh, so it's just the theme she just keeps falling out with herself. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I see. Future Sebastian motions to CJ that they should leave. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Fine, let's go. And so they leave. But again, we stay with the past versions. Okay. So we're now like one day and 45 minutes in the past. Okay. Wow, what's got her knickers in a twist? And then Sebastian replies, maybe she lost her mind when he saw saw her past self. (laughs) Hey! Touche. Hey, Sebastian, can we not go and meet our past selves tomorrow, please. I didn't like meeting me just then, and I don't think I get on with myself. Mm-hmm. He says, sure, let's leave that to somebody else when we go public. Maybe uh, our teacher, Mr. Lockhart, can go meet him past self? Oh, so bring up Michael J. Fox. Yeah, and that's it. That's okay. just finishes there. Oh, okay. But yeah, basically, she kind of flip-flops with each time jump she does because she just 
does she she hates herself basically I see. She, she keeps keeps, uh, keeps arguing and falling out and so okay i like that the plans just never really form you're right because you might if you if you met yourself you might just find yourself really annoying and obnoxious yeah and if you like, just fall out and just disagree like fine i'm gonna do exactly what they don't want me to do yeah and then like go back one oh, I and then see. That so every time she meets a version of herself she makes the she the opposite makes the opposite decision and it just creates this constant okay that's i like that that's good yeah because yeah. <laughs> like they did say in this first one that like she's very she's got a bit of a temper sure yeah and she's quite impulsive mm-hmm. and she clearly is yeah yeah so no, I, like, I like that that'd be good like just get, going back to meet yourself but just not liking yourself at all. yeah so that's that's a good i think you could de- definitely get a lot of good comedy out of that yeah oh excellent very very good shall we move on to listener submissions then yeah what have you got for me? So the first one I've got here is from John Paul Mbahu, I think. Okay. Is that a cousin of yours? Or? I mean, cousins would have the same surname, not the first, same first and middle name. But sure. Okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> I f- he says, I feel like the story is concise enough on its own. It gets pretty tragic and the worst case scenario already happens in it. No spoilers. So there's not much else to explore. Unless... <laughs> You want to go even darker and have a butterfly effect star thing where they travel into the future and the world is ending or something. And they have to travel into the future pasts that they sped through to try and change the future they saw. Ah, okay. I like that, yeah. So they're just constantly having to... It's fairly complex. Yeah, I can see it, yeah. Uh, Stephanie Pillay says, just for the sake of the word game I'll play, I can't quite remember how the movie went, but it was pretty tragic. Smell you yesterday. (laughs) Same story, but blindfolded. Okay. Would it be like presented in smell or something? I guess, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Maybe they could only invent time travel, but only for one of their senses. Oh, okay. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, they can they can go back, but they can't. So like see. they're still walking around this like the present day world, but they're smelling things from a day ago. Okay, that's <laughs> interesting concept. Sure. <laughs> Great like bloodhounds, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, I've got Tim Foster. Who said. I feel like any sequel to this film would feel like the third act of the original because I always felt it ended so abruptly. It was still good, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I do agree. Like, if, if this film were to get, like, a straight sequel, it would kind of take away from the first one. Yeah, well, the director said the same thing. He said yeah. he doesn't want to do a sequel. The reason he ended it on, like, an open note is because he feels like some films are better left to the imagination and you don't need to, like... So he said he would never make a sequel to this. Which yeah. I respect. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not good for our podcast, but I respect yeah. it as an <laughs> artistic choice. Yeah. So. Cool. I only have a few as well. Obviously, this isn't the most well-known film in the world. Josh Nolette had a similar one to you. It was called Smell You Earlier. <laughs> nice. Smell You Later, Smell You Earlier. Uh, Dennis Fanning said, Not today you don't, you cowards. So, see you yesterday. Not today you don't, you uh, cowards. Yeah. And finally, Eli J. Turlson gave a little bit of a plot summary. Said, uh, Miss You Tomorrow. It's a rom-com where CJ misses out on the love of her life because she unintentionally travels back in time. So maybe she meets the love of her life, but mm. then something goes wrong with her backpack. Mm-hmm. And it sends her flying And she's like, oh, damn, I really liked him. <laughs> now she has to figure out who's controlling the time stream and how to make it back to her date. Oh, okay, so she's on a date with the, the love of her life or the mm-hmm. potential love of her life, and someone else throws her back in time. Mm. And she has to figure out who's who's doing this bullshit to me. Yeah. And she needs to figure out how to stop this person from throwing her back in time mm-hmm. and get to her date. Now, I think that clearly the person who's controlling the time stream should be Eduardo, mm-hmm. who's you know the guy, the guy who's in love. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So that so I think yeah, Eduardo is like manipulating him because he can't bear the idea of being with anyone else. Yeah, that works. So yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. So that's all I've got. So thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record. By putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter, where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. 
To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review if you like. It really does help us to reach new listeners, so please do consider doing that. In addition, as we discussed earlier, if you would like to take this opportunity to donate to some Black Lives Matter charities, there are some links in the description below that we recommend, or just find one that you feel like that you have a strong connection with, but just we encourage you to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good time to be doing that. Get so. active and get educated. Yeah, so take a look at our episode description and we'll make some recommendations, but by all means, you know, find something for yourself as well. There's a lot, a lot of information out there. So you can find all that information in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. Mm-hmm. And next week, Harry, mm-hmm. it's uh, back to me. Yes, it is. And I'm not going to mess around with you know <laughs> hints and stuff. I'm just going to tell you out straight. I'm going to do the film that we've both mentioned as an obvious one for this season. Mm-hmm. We're going to do Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's a good, safe, yeah, pair of hands, a good, fun film. Yep. So. We we know it fits the bill for the yeah. season. Did this one fit the bill for the season? Do you think? Yeah, I feel like the ta- they don't jump in time that much. It's not such a time loop. Mm. I'm trying to think. Did they? They do go back and repeat the same day multiple yeah, times. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think, did they do more time jumps? I feel like they did less than Source Code. But oh, source way, code... way less. They, in this, they did like four jumps yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, you're right. Source, source Code, code he jumped every eight minutes. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, mm. I think it's close enough, and I'm glad we watched it. So, mm. yeah. But Edge of Tomorrow is definitely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Have you seen it? I've not actually ever seen it, so okay. I'm excited to watch it. I've yeah. heard good things, so. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all right, I think. Cool. Well, we'll find out next week. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay, cool. Well, it's good to be back. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you all for listening and staying with us during what has been a, a difficult period, I think, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Not that it's over, but for now, at least, we're able to be back in the same room, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, join us next week for Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>